Money count on cash on me. Shotty blow my phone. That's corny. That's a no no. Hey, welcome. Welcome to barbershop.talk. This is the podcast where our topics are determined by the conversation in the barbershop on Saturday. That's right. If you talked about it in the shop on Saturday, we're going to talk about today on our podcast. Hello, my name is J-Rod, and I am your host. I am in Alphaway Studio here in Indianapolis, Indiana, also known as Naptown. And I am joined with my co-host, KC. Thank you, J-Rod. It is a pleasure to co-host Barbershop.talk podcast here in Alphaway Studios. I look forward to presenting topics we discussed in the shop, as well as the manner in which we discussed them. This would include the gamut from analytical to anecdotal, from critique to humor and fun, all in an attempt to present to the audience the real flavor of Barbershop Talk. All righty. You know, they are absolutely right on that intro when they're talking about that. Whatever conversation that they talked about in the barbershop is what we normally talk about on our podcast. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much the basis of our show. That's and, right. And, and it was a good one. Uh, there was a life lesson. Yeah. In the shop this past day, right? Yeah. It, you know, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Which is a lot of times there are life lessons that goes on in the barbershop. Um, you know, I was raised in the barbershop, so there's a lot of lessons I have learned in the barbershop. And I do have to admit, most of it came from uh, elders, people yeah. that was older in the shop that have dialogue um, that provided that lesson. Yeah. And J-Rod, you were raised in the barbershop. Mm-hmm. I got it from a good source. You got a lot of your whoopings in the barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Well, that leather strap in the barbershop means more than just uh, sharpening up a razor. <laughs> it had multi, uh, a lot of uses in there. <laughs> you know, now, now speaking of that, I'm just kind of curious, because uh, uh, we, we're going to talk about discipline a little bit, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just curious, and I know I didn't talk to you before this, before we, we started this uh, episode, but in your household, who did the majority of the discipline? Okay, so I, I was raised up. Single family household. Mm-hmm. Right? With now, that being said, we often live with my grandparents, with grandmother and grandmother. Mm-hmm. But uh, primarily, my mother was a disciplinarian. She wore all the hats. Okay. Now, now, when you was with your grandparents, which one uh, did the majority? Your grandfather or your grandmother? Neither one. Cause I was good as hell around them. Cause I've seen them ass whoopings in person on my aunts. Right? <laughs> I ain't acting up. <laughs> Damn. Wow! 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 Okay. Well, in my household, no question, my mother was the one who who uh, passed out the punishment. Was the uh, the uh, the jury judge and executioner? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think back with my father, I'll probably say, honestly, honestly, I cannot think of one time that I got a spanking by my father. Not once. Now, this is going to sound crazy, J-Rod. Grandfather was a strong guy. Strong mm-hmm. deal, right? And uh, I remember one time, me and my brother and my cousin, sorry, uh, we was over there in the night. 
and we was acting up. Okay. And they were having a big punk. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my grandma sent my grandfather to straighten us up. Uh oh. And uh, so we were upstairs. We came upstairs, and he just damn, you know, they had about twenty guests in there. Okay. And after he got through, uh, uh, you know, straightening us out, and there was a lot of noise. We upstairs. In fact, our room was right above the living room for us. And uh, they hearing all this motion upstairs, right? So my grandfather goes back down there. And then a few minutes later, me and my brother and cousin, we kind of sneaking down there with the stairway. And it's closed in the stairway. And the door opens up. We at the bottom of the door listening and stuff. And, stuff on that topic, right? and we hear all these people, uh, you know, uh, Talking to my grandfather, you know, it sounded like you was a little too rough on him and you this, that, and the other. He said, well, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Okay. And then me, my brother, and cousin, we go over and go, Hey granddad, can you come upstairs and whoop us again? <laughs> and they just busted out laughing. <laughs> because he didn't really want to hurt us. Mm-hmm. And uh and what we had done was we had pilfered, pilfered some few food that was for the guests mm. and took it upstairs, hey, right? I got it. And so he came up there and he just got a towel and he wet it up. He's just chasing him around, popping us with the towel. And that was just so much fun to us. <laughs> we want to take him away from his guests. <laughs> Don't do it again. <laughs> well, I, I can't say I share that experience. It's just that uh, uh, my mother did all the discipline. In fact, uh, we used to call her when we was growing up, my brother and sister, you know, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Because my mother could float like a butterfly, boy. It was stinging like a bee. Uh, and then when I got older, I, I asked my father about that. I said, hey, I, well, you never really... Uh, now, I didn't say he didn't discipline us, because he did. Mm-hmm. In fact, with his boy, he was a very large man. And with his voice alone, would normally straighten us up. But he said that he didn't discipline us because he felt sorry for us because my mother... <laughs> <laughs> he my was mother, already waging war on you. Oh, big time, big time. <laughs> But you know, but a very something I'm, I'm talking about that because something similar in the barbershop happened is where uh let me tell you about the situation. I don't know if, if you was there or before you got to the shop, is that there was a little guy, he might have been around, I don't know, about six or seven, I'm not certain. And you know, in the barbershop, we do sell snacks, right? Chips, mm-hmm. candy bars, and stuff like that. And it's an open concept, and it's on the honor system, you can just walk up and get it. Well, this little fella uh walked up and grabbed the candy bar. And the father, the father said, hey, put that down and get over here and sit down. And he said in a firm voice. Now, the mother said, oh, it's okay. He can go ahead and have it. So the little boy grabbed the candy bar, you know, and then started running around in the shop. And uh, uh, now it just so happened that this was a blended family. The, the father was not the biological father of the child. And there was an older lady um in the shop and she said i don't mean to be disrespectful i don't mean to mind your uh the button your business but you know what message you just gave your son and so that was the conversation in the barber shop now i'm going to pay the clip when the lady is talking about because she learned from that experience and she's talking about her learnings or takeaways from that conversation with that older lady so we're going to listen to that just for a second this is what she said. All right. How was undermining detrimental? 
the moment that I would hear my ex-husband correcting my son and I felt like the punishment was too harsh, I would step in and say, no, I don't think that's fair. That's too harsh. And then I would go on and do whatever punishment I wanted to do. That affected my husband because here I am asking you to lead and be the head of the household and be responsible for a son that you did not biologically create, uh, create but I'm not allowing you to have say so. So you can pay for them and you can protect them, but you can't correct them. That's backwards. I taught my son that I had authority over my husband. If he's the head of the household, how do I have authority over what he says? That was wrong. It created a divide between my husband and I because my husband is trying to do what he thought was right for my son and he needed male correction, not female correction, because there's a difference. So he would get frustrated and not want to deal with it anymore. That left it all on me. And then I would start feeling like, well, you're not supporting me when I'm the one who set the tone for that. So that's another reason. It also taught my son that men don't have authority in his life. Because if the man is in my house that I live with every day can't tell me what to do and can't tell my mama what to do, then definitely this school teacher can't tell me what to do. This police officer can't tell me what to do. This principal can't tell me what to do. So when you start allowing your children to think that no man can correct you, they really think no man in the world can correct them. And that's not okay. And it showed disrespect to my husband, which means my son, which he didn't, my son could have eventually started thinking that it was okay to disrespect my husband as well. So that's how it's detrimental. Wow. Very powerful. And, and spot on. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that is some very serious stuff. And I really do think sometimes that uh, that's why it's important. Uh-oh. That's why it's important to have a diverse in an environment. And when I mean diverse, I'm talking about different ages. Because I'm certain that that younger lady didn't even realize the magnitude no. of her action. He just felt he was doing something good for her style. Mm-hmm. But you have to look at the bigger picture and think about what kind of message am I sending to myself that I'm saying, hey, disregard what your father said. Yeah, that, that's, that's powerful. You know, there's one thing she said in there that I picked up. She said a male correction versus a female correction. And she mm-hmm. said there is a difference. There is. And uh, you want to talk about that? I, I got a remark on that, but do you have any thoughts uh, on that? You know, I think about when I, um, I don't know necessarily if it's in the bucket of a male correction versus female correction, but I truly believe that, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. A female cannot teach a young man how to be a man. I think a man can teach a young man how to be a man. And even on the other other side of the coin, I don't think that a man can teach his daughter how to be a lady. I think a lady can teach a girl how to be a lady. And I agree, because I think in both cases, they can give certain guidelines, Mm -hmm. but they can't give the full embodiment of what that person needs, you know, so that ladies can't give that man, that young boy, the full embodiment of what he needs to be a man. And that man can't give that girl the full embodiment of what she needs to be a young lady. I, I, I'm, so, I'm so agreeing with that because I, this is where I think in this world is that I think we need to be, when I say we, as a society, 
is willing to listen to others. It seems like in today's society, nobody want to be told what to do. Uh, they think the older generation don't know what they're talking about, or the older generation don't think the younger generation can teach them anything. And that's just totally, totally incorrect. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just very critical that we learn how to listen to one another. Right. And and people need to understand that uh, other viewpoints only expand the knowledge that you have. Mm-hmm. But instead, they, they look at that as venom. You know, oh, he's trying to, you know, he's saying something against what I've already stood for, what I believe. And they feel that's an attack when it's an opportunity to learn and grow. I, I agree. You know, I just think the only thing I want to throw in there is that, you know, when you're given this information or this wisdom, regardless if you're young or old, don't be ghetto about it. No, please don't. It's not going to turn out to be very popular at all if you do that. So anyway, I, I just think that is some, uh, some good information to say there, or at least uh, to pass on to our audience. But that was a, an experience that occurred in the barbershop. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, because another conversation came up about being equal. Right? They were talking about being equal between males and females. And, and if I'm not mistaken, you may be able to give me some insight, but they was talking about, uh, uh, now this is all in the argument of being equal, about if a male wants to give up his right of being a father versus a female want to give up her rights to be a mother, that is one conversation. So let me see if I can uh, play back that video and then we can make some comments on it. I have a reaction on it, if you will. So let's see if we can get this thing going here. Uh, but again, it was in the conversation of being fair. What uh, is equal. fair? Or equal. Yes, equal. If we get pregnant, we have the right not to be mothers, right? Yeah. yeah. Should men then, in the name of equality, have the right not to be fathers? Their wallet, their choice. They can sign off on child no. support. Why? No, because if you had sex with a woman, you fully know well that one of the consequences is that you will fully, like, pregnant her and you have a child. So you have to look after the child as that's your responsibility. Your sperm, your responsibility. Okay. okay, you can't run away from that. Okay, I don't understand why people in their mind think it's all right to run away from the child. That's a child. You're leaving them with so much trauma, having no, like, dad and everything. That will leave them with severe, like, ideas of how they think about men because... You know, I don't know. Now, I don't know that the, the person that was countering that suggestion was making the best argument. However, uh, I will say this, all right? They're talking about equality, not, not legality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, or the excuse so if you're saying would it be equal for a man to, to be able to refuse parental rights uh, just like a woman can okay maybe that'd be equal that's certainly not legal and it's not moral now my personal opinion is that there are certain double standards in society and there need to be and and this is one of them so uh you know men if you if you feel you don't want to be a father, then you need to take all the steps necessary to make sure you're not a father. But don't wait until you impregnate somebody and she's having a baby and then say, well, hey, I feel I should not have to be a father. Wow. Uh, uh, let's see how our audience feels about that. All right, how about the left side? How do you feel about it? 
<laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it just get, really gets me thinking because, you know, I do see if a male, if a male says, hey, I want to give up. I don't want to be a father. I don't want to have nothing to do with the baby. It seems like it'd be very, very negative. But when the female says, you know, I don't want to be a mother. So either I'm going to give this child up, or I'm going to have an abortion. And it seems like to me that's more acceptable in society. And, and I don't know if I agree with that. You know, I think that they have uh, equal responsibility when it comes to the child. And so I don't think that uh, it's any different from a male saying, hey, I don't want any rights of a father. I'm, I don't want any part of this. Uh, and I think if a female come back and say, hey, I don't want to be a mother. I don't want any part of this and take actions to eliminate her responsibility. So um, I, you know, it just got me thinking. And again, I'm not talking about legal. You know, and I'm not talking about what I think is morally right or morally wrong. I'm just giving my opinion based on what we're talking about, things being equal. That that the woman has some options and it's okay for her to exercise those options in that situation. But a man uh, can't exercise, it doesn't have those options. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it makes me think about the old argument when um, the... Uh, the woman want to have a baby and the male wanted an abortion want her to get an abortion and the male says i don't want you to have it and the girl said i don't care what you're saying it's my body i do what i want to do and she has the baby versus the other way around where the father wants the baby but the female said i don't and end up getting an abortion i think sometimes society look at those two situations different now personally i think in that that second scenario where the father wants the baby mm -hmm. and uh, the woman doesn't, then I think he should be able to legally say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm willing to let her uh, be free and clear of any responsibility for the child, but I want her to carry the child's term, and I take full responsibility of it. In that scenario, if he is, in fact, the father, and, you know, she, she told him that she was pregnant, yeah. and, you know, she put him in the note. Because she knows she didn't want a baby. She's going to have an abortion, you know, and she didn't want that possibility. She just never make sure she's pregnant. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking, oh, that's a big comment you said at the end there. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, stand up, I'm going to play on the female role for a minute. She's like, I don't care what you want. It's my body. Body is, is going to go through all this pain and suffering for nine months. And I'm not going to allow that. I can appreciate the fact that you want to be a father, but you're not going to be this baby's father. But see, and this is just my opinion. It's not a legal thing. I think it should be. This is just my opinion. But if what's inside your body came from me, then, well, not me, from the man, <laughs> and from me, <laughs> came from the man, that particular man, then, then if he's willing to absolve you of any responsibility and he wants that child, then I think he should have some, some say so. I don't know. I think he, that, it was it was your body when you gave it to him, right? You saying it's your body? It was your body when you gave it to him, right? Yeah, but then again, you know, it's, you're talking about part of you. So you got one sperm versus my one egg plus my uterus plus my blood circulation plus my nourishment plus my oxygen. I mean, I got way. I'm I'm talking as a female. Mm -hmm. I put way more into this. My stomach is the one getting big. I'm the one that getting cellulite. I'm the one to get the stretch mark. Screw okay. you. Well, we get technical. He probably dropped 
millions of sperms in there. Only one of them found its way, but he probably dropped millions of sperm in there. So it balances out. <laughs> well, I guess this argument <laughs> can't continue. But I think it's time for us to just go ahead and recognize our sponsor and move on. So what I am going to do, I am going to go ahead and recognize our sponsor. Just take a brief pause and do that. Hey, it's a party out in my head. All right, this is a spot in our podcast that we stop to recognize our sponsor. That's right. We like to recognize King Cap, the owner of Out The Way Studios. He has several organizations under his umbrella. However, the one that he is most proud of is his custom-made t-shirts. That's right. If you want any of his service or want to find out some information about what he can do for you, go ahead and email him at kingcap317 at gmail.com. And we have to introduce our second sponsor. That is 421 Barbershop where good things happen to your hair. Located here in Indianapolis on Michigan Road. If you want good things to happen to your hair, come in and check out our master barbers at 421 Barbershop. All righty. You know, I'm, I'm going to switch gears a little bit, Casey, because, you know, uh, midterms is coming up. Certainly are. And we advocate voting. We would like everybody to be vote. I mean, everybody to be vote. Everybody to vote. Yeah. That's what that's what we like everybody to do. We think it's very important that you 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 know about the issues, know about the current events going on in the political world, and get out and vote. I think your vote is critical during this time, uh, during these times, basically because we we're, we're really looking at, in my opinion, two things. You can either look at the issues when it comes to the economy, where it comes to the direction of the, co- of the country, or you can focus on these made-up issues, emotional issues from one side. And I believe those emotional issues, when I say the one side is Republican, they just want you to make emotional decisions that not really moving the country forward. And I think the Democrats have a very strong platform about policy to move us together, move us forward together. So um, you go ahead and, and check out the resource and you vote who you want to vote for. But that's my perspective. Yeah. And I'm just going to say this. I think everyone should participate uh, in our election process. I'm not going to advise you uh, who you should vote for, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say you should vote. You should participate. I agree. I'm going to go one step further. If you if you look at the issue. If, if you. Let me see, because I want to I want to put this correctly here, Casey. Because I may not tell you who to vote for, but I want you to think about some things. Yeah. If you agree that this country should be divided based off of race, wealth, yeah. and education, there's one party that's encouraging that right now, and that's the GOP. Well, I'm gonna say just pay attention to all these things that are going on, you know, from both sides. Just look, just listen. And I think that'll do that that in and of itself, that education there will guide your path. Yeah. But do participate, not sit on the sidelines. Even if you think if you're choosing between two losers, choose somebody. You know, some I, I think that's a very nice message, and I'm going to go off the uh, 
off the path just for a second. Because sometimes I listen to conservative radio. And in conservative radio, what they're doing, they talk to the audience, they're telling you who to vote for. They are. They are. And that's very impactful. Because I think people in the United States don't take the time to educate themselves. They just listen to people on the radio and TV and say, tell me what to do, and they would do it. And so today, tonight, I'm taking a different approach. I'm going to take a play out of their playbook, and I'm going to say, vote Democrat. <laughs> 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 you know, right, wrong, or different, that's what I'm going to say. But I will say, at the end of the day, the choice is yours. Now, I'm going to jump on this case here just a little bit, a little bit about the, the update on those records, because I think our documents being taken from Trump, because I think this guy explains it clearly. Yeah. We got time to do that? Yes, we do. All right, let me go ahead and play that clip, because he explains it very, very clearly. All right, so we can get that up. And let's get the rocking and roll. Rocking and rolling. Here we go. Former President Trump is not accused of retaining classified documents, which is a mistake that he made. He made the classic criminal defense 101 mistake of denying something before he was accused of it. So when he said on the day of the search of his home, oh, don't worry about it, I declassified everything. What is that? That's an admission that he has it. What's it? Well, he's charged with possessing NDI whether classified or not. NDI is National Defense Information. It is criminal for anyone to possess NDI outside of a secure government facility. So the president is being accused of gathering NDI, securing NDI in his house in a way that's illegal because his house is not a government-secured facility. In fact, as you may know, a Chinese spy was arrested in his house a year ago and obstructing a governmental function when twice the feds came to his home to remove the NDI and he didn't give it to them. So the former president's situation, in my view, is grave. There doesn't seem to be any dispute that this material is NDI. Now, I haven't seen it. The material is also human, which stands for human intelligence. That is the most delicate NDI there is. That means that there is evidence in these documents of uh, foreign spies who are risking their lives to cooperate with the United States. All right. I think he put it out there clearly yeah. that this is just simply a law violation. Oh, yeah. He's breaking federal law. Uh, and, and it's clear that he's done it. But thing is, is that they've been working with him for a year and a half, trying to retrieve these documents. You know, he knows he's breaking the law. They didn't want to have to uh, prosecute him. They just wanted to uh, those documents returned where they belong. Right. And you know, and the fact that he's uh, been holding and withholding this information all this time, you know, that's major obstruction on top of everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I agree with I agree with you. And, and again, that's why I'm promoting. And like I said, I may be going off the uh, out, out of bounds here. And that's why I'm promoting. That is not the party that I think need to lead our country. Yeah, I just and, don't think so. And, and the thing that's really disappointing to me is that regardless of what party you are, all right, you know this is uh, not only uh, a major felony that he's committing, mm -hmm. but it's also 
risking our nation because uh, a lot of this mentality could be damaging to our country in the wrong hands. You, uh, and, you know, and so what, why won't the people that even the Republicans stand up for our country and our national interest? You know, that, that's part of the I, I agree with you. Why don't you stand up for the country? You know, I think that's a good, a good thing to sign off here. Uh, but remember, folks, the only thing we ask you to do is please vote. I want to thank you for listening to Barbershop.talk podcast. Please tell your family, friends, and enemies about our podcast, Barbershop.talk, available on your favorite podcast platform. Let's have peace in the streets. Be safe, be wise, and be loved. And we say, go mob. And vote. I bad bitch. Money count on. Cash on me. Shawty blew my phone, that's corny, that's a no-no, I'm tryna hustle, that white woman.